Welcome to Daily Defining Moments. This is Pastor Allen, and I'm so glad you're with me. Our goal each day is to help you open your Bible and connect with Jesus. Remember, before I begin my day, God has something to say. We're reading through the New Testament portion of the one-year Bible in the New Living Translation. Today is February 10th, and our reading comes from Matthew chapter 26. Beginning in verse 47, Matthew says this, Even as Jesus said this, Judas, one of the twelve disciples who arrived with a crowd of men armed with swords and clubs. They were sent by the leading priest and the elders of the people, the religious leaders. The traitor Judas had given them a prearranged signal. You will know which one to arrest when I greet him with a kiss. Just think about that. Judas is betraying Jesus and he's doing it with a kiss. I mean, it's just so in your face. So Judas came straight to Jesus. Greetings, Rabbi, he exclaimed, and gave him a kiss. It's almost like Judas is trying to pretend he's just there to see Jesus and this group of armed men there to arrest him. Well, he doesn't have anything to do with them. It's like he's trying to pull one over on Jesus. Of course, Jesus knows better. Look what he says. My friend, go ahead. Do what you came for. He is not playing games. And so when they grabbed Jesus and arrested him, one of the men, Peter, he pulls out his sword, strikes the high priest slave, slashes off his ear. He's trying to take his head off. He's trying to kill this guy. Peter defending Jesus. Well, Jesus immediately says, Peter, put away your sword. Stop. Those who use the sword will die by the sword. I didn't come here for a a battle. In fact, he said, don't you realize I could ask my father for thousands of angels to protect us and he would send them instantly. What he could have said to Peter is, Peter, do you really think I need you to protect me? The one who can say to the wind and the waves, be still. Does he really need our protection? And I think even today it's so important. It is not my job to defend and to protect God. He can defend himself. And we don't have to carry that burden. So Jesus just says, Peter, what are you doing, dude? You're swinging this sword around as if I need your help. I got this. Put your sword away. That's not why I'm here. And then he turns to the crowd and he says, am I some dangerous revolutionary that you come out here with swords and clubs to arrest me? Why didn't you arrest me yesterday when I was in the temple teaching, right? I've been there every day. But this is all happening to fulfill the words of the prophet as recorded in the scripture. At this point, all the disciples deserted him and fled. So when Jesus surrenders to be arrested, the disciples are like, I'm out. And I mean, they take off. They're running. They're afraid. They're scared. I mean, they're human. I mean, just imagine this moment. They're convinced any moment we may be arrested next. And I got a family at home. I got kids. I got a wife. I'm not ready. They said they wanted to die, but they're not quite ready. They're just ordinary men. And they're struggling in this moment to understand what is happening. Verse 57, Then the people that arrested Jesus took him to Caiaphas, the high priest, where the teachers of religious law and the elders had gathered. And meanwhile, Peter followed him at a distance. Now, we give Peter a hard time. 
But let me just pause and point out, all the other disciples have run for cover. Peter is sticking close to Jesus, trying to see what's going to happen, trying to figure out if there's something he can do. At least Peter's trying to follow. So he went in and he sat with the guards and waited to see how it was going to all work out. Verse 59, inside the leading priest and the entire high council were trying to find a witness who would lie about Jesus. So they know this whole thing's a setup. They're not being honest at all. They're trying by false testimony to condemn Jesus for what purpose? So they could put him to death, it says. They want to kill Jesus. He is a threat to their little religious empire. Verse 60, but even though they found many who agreed to give false witness, they couldn't use anybody's testimonies. Those people weren't trustworthy, basically. Well, finally, two men came forward and told the truth. He declared this, I'm able to destroy the temple of God and rebuild it in three days. Well, the high priest stood up and said, well, Jesus, what he had to say for yourself. Jesus stood there silently. So here's what the high priest, verse 63, he demands, I demand you in the name of the living God, which is so funny. He's talking to God. He doesn't know that. But he says to God, I demand you in the name of God to tell us if you're the Messiah, are you the son of God? Are you the promised one? Jesus replied, you said it. And in the future, you will see the Son of Man seated in the place of honor at God's right hand and coming on the clouds of heaven. Woo! He just tells him right out. I'm, that's exactly who I am. And I am in charge. I'll be sitting at the right hand of the Father. I'm coming back one day and you will see me in all my glory. Well, no one is confused about what Jesus just said. Because look how they respond. Verse 65, the high priest tore his clothing to show his horror and he screams blasphemy. Why do we need any other witnesses? You've all heard this blasphemy. What is your verdict? Guilty, they said. He deserves to die. See, there are some people that claim Jesus never claimed to be God. Jesus was just a good, moral, religious, ethical teacher. No, 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 no. Jesus claimed to be God, and it's why they crucified him. They accused him of blasphemy. They accused him of claiming to be God. That's exactly why they put him on the cross, which again means either Jesus is crazy or Jesus is a liar manipulator or he is the son of God, God in the flesh. Well, how do we know? Well, we're going to get to it in a couple of days. But on the third day, he rose again. And at the end of the day, if somebody can predict and pull off their death and resurrection, I'm going with whatever they say. So Jesus claims to be God. They accuse him of blasphemy. They declare the verdict, you are guilty and you deserve death. And then they begin to spit in Jesus' face and to beat him with their fist. They slapped him, jeering, prophesied us, you Messiah. Who hit you that time? And they begin the process of abusing Jesus who took all of that abuse so that we could go free. Oh, what a Savior. Our God came and lived a perfect life. 
was condemned for blasphemy, claiming to be God, and that's who he was, went to the cross and died for us. Man, what a great Savior we serve. I can't wait to see Jesus again, returning in the clouds in power and glory. How about you? Come on, let's pray for that. Father, we thank you so much for Jesus. God, I thank you for his strength, his glory, his power in this moment, submitting to being arrested, falsely accused, and then crucified. God, we just thank you for your willingness to lay down your life. I'm reminded of what Jesus said in John 10. He said, nobody takes my life from me. No, don't misunderstand. I had the authority, the power to lay it down, and I had the authority to take it up again. This was a demonstration of strength, a demonstration of your power, a demonstration of your majesty, your glory, and we are so grateful. You are worthy of our worship and our praise. God, we love you. Thank you for standing in our place, taking our punishment, our suffering, so that we could go free. What a great Savior. We love you and bless you and honor you. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Man, so good. Hope that encourages you. Thanks for being with me again today. And remember, before I begin my day, God has something to say. We'll see you again tomorrow.